You know, at NASA,、uh, everything we did was not rocket science. But when it was rocket science, you need to trust the rocket scientist. Welcome to Commando on Demand Insider, your fast-paced weekly update straight from Kim's desk to your ears. I'm Mike James. In just a bit, Kim talks with. We are really excited to have Scott Kelly,、uh, an American engineer, retired astronaut, who holds the record for the longest time spent in space by an American. And also was a U.S. Navy captain, a veteran of four space flights, and Kelly commanded the International Space Station on three expeditions. He was also a pilot of the space shuttle Discovery in December 1999. And Mr. Kelly is going to be sharing his experience of living in a confined space or confined spaces, and even in sometimes isolation, like so many of you who are working from home right now. He's also going to share his wisdom of how. You, as a small business owner or leader in your community, can maximize your leadership potential in a crisis. By the way, this is not the nationally syndicated Kim Commando show on over 400 radio stations. That podcast is available on Commando Community, where right now, by the way, you can get all three hours of the show and 90 days free. What you need to do is just go to getkim.com. That's getkim.com and use promo code Kim. Be sure you use that promo code to get the 90-day free offer. Again, it goes up to $4.99 a month after the 90 days. All right, just ahead, Kim's conversation with Scott Kelly, retired astronaut, here on Command on Demand. For many of us, being isolated like we are right now because of this global pandemic, it's new for us. We're so used to being around people. We go to work, we have lunch, we go to dinner, happy hours, and on the weekends, again, we go out or we go for a hike or we golf. And then the kids, they have their own routines. They go to school, and then there's usually after-school sports and clubs. Not anymore. We're all doing our best to stop the spread and flatten the curve, and we have to. Our lives depend upon it. The lives of everyone we know and people we love. And I'm on week three of self isolation. No one in, no one out. My husband Barry, my son Ian, my mom, and we're all hunkered down. Well, let me clarify: we're not all together in the house. See, my mom is 81 years old, and she's a two-year pancreatic cancer survivor, stage four. She had, so it's just a miracle. And what this means is that she has a compromised immune system, and she's elderly. She lives in my guest house, and she has for over 20 years now. And she's only seen my son Ian for about five minutes over the last month. She was standing in her kitchen, and she was just yearning, just wanting to see him and at least have a conversation with him face to face. So I said, "Okay." But Ian was outside her front door, and they were about twenty-five, thirty feet apart. And after five minutes, I was like, "Okay, that's enough." Well, the first week I was okay with self-isolation. I worked all day, but as week two started. I started realizing that this is just not going to end anytime soon, and I think that's what bothers me the most. I don't have an end date. Well, let me tell you something that might surprise you about me: is even though I'm in the public eye, over 400 radio stations, I have this global TV show, I'm actually a loner. I like being alone. I really do, and I guess this is a compliment. But the other day. I brought my mom over her dinner, and she looked at me and she said, in this Brooklyn accent that she has, "You know, Kim, this isolation thing—it's good for you. Those bags under your eyes—they're all gone." Well, I guess that was a compliment. Thanks, mom. And isolation is something that our NASA astronauts have perfected. I mean, think about it. 
They're millions and millions of miles away from home, confined to this very small area, and no way to go outside and get some fresh air and some space. Well, no pun intended there. And that's what this podcast is about. We're so honored. We're so blessed to have joining us Scott Kelly. And as you look at Scott Kelly's resume, the man is phenomenal. He's amazing. I think he spent more time in space than on Earth. And I'm just going to give you the short list, okay? His first space flight was as a pilot on the Space Shuttle Discovery in 1999. He was then the mission commander of a 12-day space shuttle mission to the ISS in August 2007. Okay, his third space flight was as a crew member on Exhibition 2526 on the ISS. He arrived at the ISS in October 2010 and served as flight engineer until he took over command of the station until 2011. But wait, there's more. In 2015, Kelly and a Russian cosmonaut took off for the ISS, where they then spent the next year. And so, Scott, I think my first question for you is, and thanks for being with us, what made you want to go to space in the first place? Well, for me, in the beginning, Kim, it was uh, more about flying a, uh, a spacecraft that was the next most challenging thing to fly. I was a a Navy uh, fighter pilot. I flew the F-14 Tomcat in the U.S. Navy and then a uh, test pilot. And at that time, um, in the uh, mid-90s, we were still flying the space shuttle. And my motivation behind being an astronaut was to fly the the next most challenging thing. And I was fortunate that I got to do that. Um, But, you know, things always don't work out uh, as as, uh, you plan. And we had a, uh, a major accident with the uh, Columbia uh, space shuttle. I lost uh, three of my classmates, uh, astronaut classmates on that wow. mission and uh, close friends, four other colleagues. So, you know, things change. Right. Uh, and that's that's life, unfortunately. Uh, so my, my astronaut career led into a different direction as a uh, long-duration crew member on the space station. Never uh, went into this thinking about that much, but uh, that's how it turned out. You know, when you mentioned the space shuttle, I think it's one of those things. I I think we all remember where we were at that given moment. I mean, I remember I was working for uh, AT&T as a, uh, they call it a large business sales rep. And I actually went, I was at home and I remember looking on the TV thinking, wait a minute, that's not supposed to happen. And so your dreams of the space shuttle, when that, when that door closed, it must have been pretty hard for you not just to, I mean, you lost, you lost friends, you lost colleagues, but then the goals that you were working on, they suddenly stopped too. Sure. And uh, I think that's life. Uh, you know, we always have to be uh, uh, prepared for, for the next thing. You know, we hope for the best, but as people say, hope is not a plan and uh, we need to plan uh, for what might happen, and we need to be flexible and, and adjust uh, our lives in a way maybe we didn't uh, envision um, in the beginning. Uh, but we can do that, and I think that's what people are finding out uh, now, is that they can make changes to their uh, situation. Regardless of what their situation is, you can always uh, make things better. You can plan. You can follow the plan, and that will help us get through this. And I, I think that's very true because my son was asking me, like, why did you order water? Why did you make sure that we had enough 
uh, food in the refrigerator. And I actually went and got my mother 90 days worth of medications and things. And I said, because you know what, when I feel out of control, I find if I can at least have a plan that that helps me cope with whatever I'm dealing with at that particular time. But I'd like to take us, take us all to the International Space Station. How small or how big is that space? Well, now it's a pretty big space. It started off small when we launched uh, the first piece in 1998. We had uh, people living on it since 2000, and it's grown significantly since then. So now it's the size of a really big house, uh, sometimes described as the size of a, you know, a five or four or five bedroom house. Uh, I've heard it described as like the size, uh, the internal volume of a, like a big airliner, maybe a Boeing, uh, 747 or triple seven maybe is more accurate. Now, having said that, it's got a lot of stuff in it. You need a lot of supplies. So, you know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there, but also, you know, you can use all of the space when you float, uh, the space above your head. Is just as useful as the space by your feet. Um, so, oh, well, you know what? I I hadn't thought about that. You're that's that's in, that's incredible. I see that now. Yeah, you know, but yeah. before I just never really thought. Oh well, we could use every every inch of the space station, the 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 top and the bottom. And I, you know, I never uh, felt like uh, I needed too much more space. Uh, obviously, you know, if you own a house, you always wish your garage was bigger. <laughs> uh, you always wish you had more storage space, but living space, uh, we're, we're, we were okay. We're okay. They're okay now. And so how many people were on board when you were there? So, uh, normally there's six people, um, sometimes just three. When I was, uh, on my last mission, we had a couple of rockets that, uh, didn't make it with our supplies, uh, one blew up, one uh, Russian rocket crashed. Uh, we were getting low on supplies, so they didn't launch a uh, another three-person crew. So we started off as six people, three people left, and then there was a six-week period where I was there with uh, just me and my two cosmonaut uh, colleagues. Um, so normally six people. Sometimes when we were flying the space shuttle, I had been on board with... Uh, as many as 12 people um, for a week or 10 days, not too long. What did your day consist of? My day in space uh, was very organized, and it was organized in a, a similar way as I'm trying to organize my life here on Earth. Um, and it has challenges when you're living in that uh, in kind of a enclosed environment. Um that makes organization, I think, uh, key to not only surviving, but also thriving um, in this uh, new reality we have, which is, uh, for a lot of people, very much unknown. Um, we would generally get up. Uh, we'd operate on Greenwich Mean Time. Uh, so we generally get up around, uh, you know, 6 or 6.30 GMT. I would sometimes sleep in a little bit, even on the work days. I found that I needed, you know, about 30 minutes of, uh, you know, time that we call post-sleep in space. We have all these interesting names for things, and we have post-sleep and pre-sleep. 
but that means, you know, the stuff you need to do in the morning to get ready for your day, your personal hygiene, eating breakfast, looking at the plan, the schedule uh, that you have coming up. Um, that was uh, followed up by a uh, conference call with the control centers around the world. And I'm doing something like this similar in my own house. We, we get up at a regular time every day. We, uh, we do our post-sleep activities, and then we, we, we talk about the day's schedule. Um, do you use the term, like with, with your family, do you say, like, okay, now we're doing post-sleep and we're going to be doing pre-sleep? Or do they look at you like, oh, come on, really? Yeah, my wife, my wife said the other day, I asked her to do something. She's like, you know, because she's like managing our whole schedule, uh, talking to people basically about these uh, – you know, living in this kind of environment. And she says, she says, Hey, wait a minute. I haven't had my post sleep yet. I'll get to that. You know, that's funny. I need my hour. <laughs> so, um, yeah, very, very similar. And then, you know, work is important, but it's all, it's important to balance your work, especially when you wake up and you're at work and you go to sleep and you're still at your workplace. It's easy to let that overtake your life. Now, I, I understand that everyone's situation is different. And, you know, there are probably people out there saying, you know, I don't, what are you talking about? I just want to get out and make some money to pay for food and my rent. Um, so, but if you can find things to do at home, if you're lucky enough to be able to work from home, if you, uh, maybe if you're not, maybe there's things you can figure out to volunteer and consider that as work. Um, but schedule that and, uh, and pace yourself. Cause we don't know how long, uh, this is going to last, but, you know, scheduling your work hours, scheduling time, uh, for lunch that you take off, uh, scheduling time for exercise and getting outside as much as allowed. Um, NASA's found that astronauts living in isolation because of that environment, the stress, the, uh, you know, not being able to get out into to the outdoors, the, you know, you, even though you exercise a lot in space, the fact that you're not opposing gravity all day long affects your just overall effort of, of living, which is this constant exercise we get. And that affects our immune systems. So you need exercise. You need other things to reduce stress that have nothing at all to do with your work, nothing at all to do with, um, uh, you know, this, this situation of living in this pandemic. So, uh, a hobby, um, you know, some people find that they learn how to play an instrument or practice an instrument in space. They can do that at home, possibly, uh, art, some kind of outlet. In my case on the space station, I read and I wrote, um, in a journal, you know, I thought I might've wanted to write a book and, uh, I did, uh, when I got back. So um, those uh, those things are really important. Journaling, uh, NASA's uh, some psychologists have discovered is a very cathartic process, and people that do that generally deal with isolation better because um, you know you might not be able to share your your feelings with another person, but if you're writing them down, at least you're admitting to yourself if there are challenges that you're facing, and then you know hopefully after this you'll be able to look back at that. Uh, what you wrote about this very historic time and have something to be proud of, not only because maybe you were a good writer, 
but be proud about how you handled this situation because this is not just about us. It's about our species, really. Our how we do, how we perform in this crisis has a significant impact on our society, and I hope people will try to, and I think they will try to, you know, do the right thing and rise to the the occasion. Don't forget, if you have a question about something digital, you can get unbiased tech advice from America's digital goddess. And, of course, it's advice you can trust. Just go to commando.com, and in the upper right-hand corner, click on the Be a Caller button. We'll ask for a few details about your question. One of our producers will reach out to you and set up a time where you can actually have a conversation with Kim. All right, much more of Kim's conversation with retired astronaut Scott Kelly is coming up, including more tips from working from home and his tips on being a leader in a crisis situation. Next on Commando On Demand Insider. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. So you so you talk about journaling, having a schedule, doing hobbies, separating your work environment from your relaxation environment. Um, and these are all skills that that you used, obviously, on the International Space Station. Is Is there any other thing that we're missing here? Yes, absolutely. So two things. One is we have to take care of the space we're living in, whether it's your house, your apartment, almost like how we took care of the space station, because in space, bacteria, viruses um, grow quicker uh, than they do on Earth. I'm not sure why. They just do. Uh, And our immune systems are suppressed, like they could possibly be suppressed here. So I think we need to treat our our living space almost like the space station. On on Saturday, um, and we're going to do this every Saturday, uh, and also during the week. But but the big cleaning is on Saturday, making sure our apartment is clean. The stuff when I was on the space station, the stuff we put our hands on during the week, everything got wiped down. Um, we're treating our it, yeah, we're treating the front of our apartment in Houston almost like an airlock, you know, like a space station airlock. The bad stuff stays outside. The clean stuff comes inside. You know, wipe down your groceries, wipe down your keys, your phone, take your shoes off. There, It's interesting how there's so many analogous things to my time in space. And then one other one other thing I think is really important. You can't let the days kind of roll into one after another after another. Have your weekends be structured different than your work weekday. So for us, that means Saturday is kind of like a cleaning and a half work day. And Sunday, that's the day to lie on the couch and do nothing. It gives you something to look forward to. It breaks up the time. I think if people have a schedule... Uh, like like I talked about, they stick to it. They have breaks on the weekends. They will find that it's it's going to be easier for them to get through this. 
You know, that's all really great advice. It is. Um, and I really think that this is going to help a lot of people out there. I have a question. As, as a pilot of the space shuttle and a commander several times of the International Space Station, I mean, I'm sure you were trained in being a leader in a crisis situation. And right now, not just our nation's leaders, but, you know, small business owners and like myself and, and just leaders in general – I think this is probably one of the biggest challenges that we've ever faced. I mean, never in in our lives, I know I never thought of this, that I would be looking at the news and seeing things on the internet that is like, wait, this has to be a movie. Um, Scott, what kind of advice do you have for people who are leaders right now on what they should be doing in this crisis situation? I think, uh, you know, what I've learned in, in my time at NASA is, uh, and, uh, you know, people sometimes ask me, Hey, what's your leadership style? You know, people have different leadership styles. Are you the authoritarian? Are you the, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the cheerleader type, you know, and I, and I think it's just depends on the situation. You know, I, I found in my career, uh, that there were times when I realized I was not the expert. What I like to say is, you know, at NASA, uh, Everything we did was not rocket science, but when it was rocket science, you need to trust the rocket scientist. You know, you need to trust people that know more than you do. So, you know, some of the time I would ask my crewmates, uh, the, the expert, hey, you decide what we're going to do. Other times, you know, we vote on things. Uh, you know, most often, you know, if there was a decision to be made, I would get uh, opinions and, and I would make it certainly – you know, in an emergency, there's a time to be the uh, authoritarian. Uh, decide what to do and announce to your team. I think it's important in this uh, environment to know who your team is, whether it's uh, the people um, that work for you, if you're a business owner, or if it's the people that you're quarantined with. You're all in this together. You're all teammates. Understand that uh, they, everyone has skills. Everyone has things they're good at. We're not all good at the same thing. So, you know, I found that there were astronauts that, you know, they did certain things better than I did. And sometimes I, I was had better skills than them. We're all different. It's incumbent upon all of us to help each other, um, you know, rise to the occasion to uh, to deal with this. But also be understanding that. You know, we're all different and sometimes people are not going to be able to handle things in a, in a similar way. So know who your team is, um, understand their skill set, help them if uh, possible. You know, understand that even if you're the leader, there's times that you're going to have to ask for help. There's times that you're going to be uh, stressed out. Also, uh, you know, I like the saying, I don't know who made this up. I think I need to look uh, look it up. But you always hear the, the, the this idea that hope is not a plan. So we need to have a plan. And then we need a backup plan. One thing that NASA is very, very good at is looking at the, the second and third order failures. What's the next thing? What's the next worst thing that can happen? And if we think about that and we're prepared for it, we're going to be able to deal with it better and um, not be surprised. So, um, you know, 
being a good leader, uh, being a good teammate. Uh, you know, I think before you can be a good leader, you need to understand how to be a good follower. And, you know, in this type of environment, um, you know, you need to understand your crew. And that might be, uh, you know, your parents, your kids, your spouse, your friends, um, you know, whoever you're uh, trying to get the, through this situation with. Well, you know, I'll tell you, that's that's all really great advice. It truly is. I mean, I was listening to you. And I mean, it, it resonates with me, too. And, I, and it's going to resonate with the folks that are listening to this. I have found, and I don't know if you found this, Scott, yourself, that I have had such great conversations with my family members, I, I, I think, than I've ever had. And it sounds crazy, but, you know, I've been married for over 20 years. My mother, you know, is obviously, I'm very close to her. And uh, my son, we go for walks every afternoon. We take 45 minutes, an hour walk with, you know, your teenage son. Oh, my gosh, you can learn so much about about what's happening in somebody's life when you're sitting, when you're walking down the street with them with nothing else and no earbuds and no smartphones for 45 minutes. And so I think it's also finding those silver linings. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, you know, even though this is a horrible situation, uh, you know, completely, uh, you know, tragic for, for, for people and, and, and families, you always want to, you know, find the, the positive in, in anything if you can. And I think one of the positive things that will come out out of this is that, you know, people now have the time to reconnect with, uh, you know, friends and family that are important to them, but they didn't have the time to do it in their normal busy lives. And, you know, my wife and I have been doing that. We've done it uh, probably every other night since we've been in quarantine where we, you know, get on a, a Skype or a Zoom call or uh, Google Hangout, something. There's so many of those available. Uh, understanding you need to have the op- the, the, the bandwidth and, uh, and the, the technical uh, hardware to do it. But if you do, there really is a good opportunity to connect with people that you've just kind of lost touch with and – you know, I hope one of the positive things that, that come out of that, this is that we are more connected. Certainly the virus is teaching that, uh, teaching us this. When we, when I was in space, you look out at planet earth and it, it doesn't look all that big. You know, you see countries or you see continents, you don't see countries, you don't see political borders. It makes us look all connected. But now, I mean, I realize just how, really connected we are for better or worse. Um, so, you know, I hope coming out of this, we will feel like, um, you know, even before this virus, I used to say, you know, humanity is really, you know, a one, each individual person on this planet is one part of a seven and a half billion person team <laughs> flying true. through space together. And now, you know, we are so interdependent on each other and our performance. It, uh, yeah, I wish it wasn't true, but it, it is. If you're not already, you can keep up to date with breaking news, security alerts, data breaches, and much more digital know-how with the free Kim Commando newsletters. Get yours exclusively at commando.com. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O. And at the top, click on the Get the Newsletters. And, of course, that's where you get them. More of Kim's conversation with Scott Kelly is just ahead. And up next, he talks about his book 
and the inspiration behind his book, plus some final thoughts on getting through this crisis. Here on Commando On Demand Insider. You know, the the piece that I read, the opinion piece that I read that you did for the New York Times, phenomenal, by the way. Um, you mentioned your book. Tell us about it. So initially I was going to write a book based on my, uh, you know, being in space for a year because uh, or nearly a year. No astronaut, U.S. astronaut has spent that much time in space. So I felt like you know, it was an opportunity um, to share the experience. And then when it was finished – you know, it was really a memoir about about my life. And basically it's about, you know, this kid who was a bad student who couldn't do his homework, <laughs> finding inspiration, yeah, inspiration from a book um, called The Right Stuff by Tom Wolfe. Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. I was a horrible student when I was younger. I read that you grew up in New Jersey. I grew up in, I know everybody likes to say they, I grew up in New Jersey in uh, Wachung. You were from Orange, is that right? Yeah. Uh, born in Orange, uh, lived in West Orange. There's a bunch of oranges. <laughs> There's no North Orange, though. But I guess, I don't know. They, they forgot about North Orange. But uh, yeah, I grew up in New Jersey and I... And then, uh, you know, I had this, uh, you know, incredible experience and life experience. I wrote the, this book, but really it wasn't about really flying in space for a year. That's a big part of it. But it's really about this kid who found inspiration from a book himself. And then I wrote my own book, um, which was I titled Endurance, uh, A Year in Space, A Lifetime of Discovery. And I used the word endurance for a couple of reasons. One is because I was in space for a long time. Uh, you know, the other is I think my life uh, story is one of just kind of never giving up and just plowing ahead, regardless of the the circumstances that are, are you know, presented to you. Um, but the third reason, and really the, the important reason, is on my uh, two long space flights, I found inspiration from a book myself, which was called Endurance. And it was about uh, Ernest Shackleton's uh, uh, attempted trans-Antarctic crossing in the, uh, yeah, the early part of the last century. And um, I always felt like if my situation got so bad uh, in space that I was ever feeling like sorry for myself, I would just pick, you know, read a few pages of, of <laughs> his book, uh, yeah, it's actually Alfred Lansing's book, Endurance. And, uh, you know, these guys were in uh, in the Antarctic. Their ship was crushed by ice and they lived for a year on a drifting iceberg. And then that broke apart and they got into their uh, lifeboats and they sailed to um, this island. It took them five days to get there. And then some of the crew remained on Elephant Island was the name of the island. And then they um, decided that they would die there uh, if they didn't get rescued. So uh, Shackleton with some a few other uh, crew members, they got into one of the lifeboats and they sailed over 800 miles to South Georgia Island, crossed South Georgia Island in the winter, the first ever winter crossing. And they survived and no one died. It took over two years that they were trying to survive. And it really is one of the most inspirational stories of leadership 
teamwork and uh, survival, and that's yeah, why read that. you know in honor. It is fantastic. Alfred Lansing's Shackleton wrote his own book, which is very good, but it's a lot of a lot of detail, like things like, well, we packed like a thousand pounds of sugar, and uh, <laughs> you know we made these preparations. Lansing's book is is phenomenal, phenomenal story. Well, I'm I'm gonna actually I'm gonna read that because I've been looking for something to read, and I. Uh, I, I only want to read nonfiction and I only watch nonfiction movies. And so my, my limitations are very small when you get, when you start looking for entertainment. Yeah. I haven't read a, a book of fiction in a, in a long time. I'm, I'm a more, you know, real story type person as well. Well, Scott, thank you for joining us. Um, I know that you helped a whole bunch of people out. And I'm, I learned from you, and I really appreciate that. I always love learning and talking to really smart people and driven people, which obviously you are. Um, anything else that you'd like to add? Um, you know, just one more thing, and that is, you know, if you consider the last uh, pandemic we had, like, anywhere close to this, actually it was worse, you know, the Spanish flu in the, in the early part of the last century, Um if you consider how our society has grown and developed since then, technology, putting a people on the moon, space station, you know, we've had people living in space for 20 years. How are, um, you know, just how our lives have changed due to our, our intellect and our hard work that as a species, we are capable of doing amazing things. If, you know, we we harness our resources and we work together as a team. And I am convinced, absolutely convinced, that if everyone works together in this and we follow the guidance, you know, of trusted sources, not your Facebook friends, you know, they might be great people, but they're not rocket scientists. At least, I mean, some of mine are rocket scientists because they worked at NASA. But, <laughs> but meaning that... You know, you know, get the right information, follow it. If we do that, we will get past this and we will get past it quicker. So, you know, my 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 final thought is, you know, we can beat this. Um, We just need to do it together as a team. And that's why it's called the United States of America, right? Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening to Commando On Demand Insider. We hope you found this information helpful. If you did... Uh, we'd love it. We'd appreciate it if you'd share it with more people, with uh, your friends. That helps more people find this podcast. And, of course, make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already. At that way, you'll get these downloaded to your device every single week automatically. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Commando On Demand Insider.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.